You can either work in the business or you can work on the business. They have the knowledge and the skill to be successful. Yesterday is gone and tomorrow has yet to come. Dive all in on the next chapter of your life. Welcome to The Boutique with Collective 54, a podcast for founders and leaders of boutique professional services firms. For those that aren't familiar with us, Collective 54 is the first mastermind community to help you grow, scale, and exit your firm bigger and faster. My name is Greg Alexander, and I'm the founder, and I'll be your host today. And on this episode, we are going to discuss what to do if you're trapped inside of a lifestyle business. A lifestyle business is something that is a great business, happy clients, happy employees, decent income, but it's really not going to scale beyond that. And it's certainly not going to be something that is a sellable asset in the future and not an asset that can create generational wealth. Nothing wrong with a lifestyle business. I mean, who doesn't want a great lifestyle? But if your aspirations are more than that, uh, sometimes a lifestyle business can actually be a trap because things are good. And it's tough to walk away from things that are good. You only walk away from it if you want good to become great. And we have a member who's our role model on the call. Her name is Sel Watts. And she has just about the most courageous story of anybody I've ever heard of someone who was trapped in a lifestyle business and was so determined to get out of a lifestyle business, she made some dramatic changes to her life. And I thought she would be a great person to have this conversation with. So, Sel, it's good to see you. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Greg. And if you wouldn't mind, maybe provide an introduction of yourself and a little bit about your story to the audience. Yeah, sure. Well, I started my first services business in Australia 15 years ago. Uh, it's a HR consulting business, people performance and engagement. Basically, we work with small to medium businesses and fast growth startups in everything relating to their people. And uh, when I started that business, I had really nothing going for me at all. I had uh, no qualifications. I had never been in business or grown up in a family business. I uh, was in a um, new new city or new, yeah, new city in Australia. I didn't have any contacts or networks. Um, it was the start of the global global financial crisis and um, I had no money and I had a three-month-old baby. And uh, so I really, if I'd asked a business coach whether I should start a business, I'm pretty sure anyone would have said, <laughs> no, you have nothing going for you. But I did have two things. One was um, I had a really clear vision of what I wanted to create. And at the time, I wrote this vision to say that I, I wanted to um, build this company to be um, internationally respected and and to disrupt the HR industry um, because I got into the industry because I really didn't like it at all and I felt that it was misunderstood and um, could, be, could be so much more beneficial to companies. Um, so, I had, so I had a really clear vision and I had a bucket load of naivety. I just, I had no idea at the time that I had all those things going against me or that I didn't have anything really going for me at the time. Uh, I just 
didn't realise that. It wasn't actually until five years in when people started asking me to talk about the business that I, I was preparing my talks and realising that I actually <laughs> didn't have much much for going for me at the very beginning. Um, so, so anyway, I mean, I think it's when you have less to lose, it's uh, easier to be naive. I, I don't really have that luxury now. But uh, I always had big plans I from day one and I had so many people knocking me all the time saying I'd never be able to do that. I ended up having um, three sons. Every time I fell pregnant, some people would say, oh, you're going to close that little business now. Mm. Um, no one ever thought that it was going to become anything. And uh, anyway, for the first five years, I just put everything into it. All my time, I really just spent every cent and every spare second outside of raising babies into this business. And I you know, I really didn't have any idea, but I've always invested in coaches, mentors, conferences, like really addicted to uh, self-development. And uh, so once I got five years in, I was sort of starting to burn out a bit. Uh, and, I, and I had this coach said, you know what, you need to start taking something from the business. You need to get yourself a nanny. You need to buy a house that's more more suitable for, um, you know, a, a growing family. You need to just get some things around you that will make it easier. And that was that was the best advice because it was one of those things where I wasn't willing, I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to keep putting into the business, but it was taking its toll. And once I did that, I was then able to take it to another level. And, um, and that was really exciting. And I was sort of thinking, wow, like we're growing fast. I had another baby and I kept it going. We just grew year on year, but it was always, um, and so so what happened then was I started to have a nice lifestyle. So for the first time in my entire life, I could afford to have some nice, thing, nice things. I bought myself my dream car and uh, we started to go on some family holidays and I started to shop in the expensive shops and, uh, you know, it was great. I, mean, I had grown up um pretty in a difficult child I had a difficult childhood so this was this was you know starting to be like oh it's, this is interesting and I remember I remember a time when I was like it's funny because before every time every month every client win every time we hit budget it, everything was a bonus because when I started I didn't I didn't have any idea whether I was going to be able to achieve anything but once I started living the lifestyle every month was I have to hit this budget I have to win this client because I had created this lifestyle and it was it was fine I could afford it but it did change my feeling about the business um and then I hit my 10 years and I was just a bit over it to be honest. Um, I was very proud of what I'd done. I'd built the business from nothing with nothing. And I'd had three children at the same time. And, and as I said, I'd, I'd had so many people um, tell me that I was, everything that I was doing was wrong and that I was selfish and I was a bad mother. And like, it just went on and on and on. Um, so I was really proud, but I was, I, I think now I was burnt out um, and I felt like I wanted to I wanted to be involved in something that was more exciting, if you like. So that's sort of where I got to. Yeah. 
So let's let's jump in there because that was a lot, and there was a great story, and, and your story is very similar to many that wind up trapped in a lifestyle business. They hit that ten year window. I don't know what it is about ten years, but there's something about that ten year mark that everybody says, "Hmm, maybe I want to do something more interesting." So the next part of the story, as I understand it, but I'll give you a chance to explain it, is is that you you walk away from the nice house, the nice car, the the wonderful family, shopping in the fancy shops, and you literally get on a plane and fly to New York and start over. So pick it up from there, please. Yeah, so I didn't come to New York, New York till I was 35 and I kept coming. So when I was starting to get really burnt out and sick of the business, I kept coming to New York three or four times a year and stay for three weeks. And people were saying, what are you doing over there? And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I think I was really just running away from the business, to be honest. Um, and I was here and I just felt like, my gosh, this is the entrepreneurial playground of the world. I want an opportunity. This is the this is the big pond that I need to be in. This is where I, I need to be. And so I spent two years commuting. So I lived in New York. My family was still in Australia and I would fly back every six weeks to see the kids basically. And then I would come back and try and see if I could get my company, What's Next, started in the US, in New York. And I'd spend the days, um, you know, going from meeting to meeting, people telling me over and over again, you're never going to make it here. We don't need your services here. And I'd get on the subway at the end of the day and I'd cry all the way back to wherever (laughs) I was staying. And, you know, and then I'd get back up again and and do it all over again. And I did that for two years. And... um, and at one point I said to the kids, look, I really want to I really want to try and do this New York thing. But there's three things that could possibly happen from this. One, I could go and make it and it's a huge success and we make lots of money. It's amazing. Two, I go and I can't make it and I come home with maybe a little bit less money and an amazing experience or I lose everything we have, the house, the businesses, everything. And they were like, okay have a crack mum so I was like okay everyone knows what I'm doing and um and I walked away now I an interesting part was putting when I stepped away from the business in Australia it's everything I wanted I wanted to go at get out of it and go and do new things and um at that point I had invested in another company in an IOT GPS tracking company which is I'm still in and growing but that wasn't that I still it wasn't what I wanted to spend all my time on. But when I left, stepped out of the business, I was surprised by how I reacted because this was my decision. I wanted this. I was going to New York. But when I would sit in the board meetings in Australia, I was like a toddler crying because someone stolen my toy. I found it really hard to adjust to being the founder and no longer the CEO and people coming up with ideas and implementing things that I didn't like. And uh, that was a real adjustment. And what I learned from that was, you know, people can't do it as well as I can do it. And I think this is what traps people in businesses. And I realised that if I wanted to go and chase my dream in New York, I had to be okay with them doing 70%, maybe even 60% of of what I would do. I either stay in the business and it's 100% how I want it, or I keep the business, it funds me to go and do my dream, and it's not quite as good but get used to it. And I did. And now they're, I think, doing a better job than I was. And so anyway, I kept trying and I really didn't think I was going to make it. I, I was constantly 
with my coach saying, I, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I, it's just, I can't seem to get any um, any runs on the board. And um, he just said to me, you just got to find another way. You've got to find another way. And this was not just business. It was how do I relocate? How do I relocate my boys? How does the education system work, a finance system? Um, how do I get a visa? Like, it was just overwhelmingly massive. And at the same time, everyone was saying, what are you doing? Um, don't you miss your kids? How can you be away from them? You know, just enormous criticism. Anyway, I got them here, unbelievably, and they arrived six weeks before COVID hit. So they got here, I got them settled, got them into school, and I was ready to just hit the ground running. And that weekend, everything shut down and they were homeschooled for 18 months. My goodness. <laughs> the timing of that is just unbelievable. And you, and, yeah. yet, and yet here you are, you persevered through all of that. Yeah, I mean, there were lots of people saying to me when COVID hit, you've got to come home. It's it's uh, irresponsible. And um, also, obviously, their dad is in Australia and he he couldn't fly. He was going to come here every six weeks. There was 10 months when he couldn't, couldn't see them. So it was a lot of pressure on the family. Um, and here I was with suddenly three kids at home being homeschooled and, and me trying to get a business off the ground, which had just tanked um, because... You know, I hadn't, hadn't, I didn't have enough of a runway, and um, and and I'm not domestic at all, so I was way out of my comfort zone. I had to learn to cook and use the washing machine, and I was really like every day I was like, oh my gosh, I'm failing, but it was because I wasn't doing anything that I was good at. Um, but everyone was saying, you know this is terrible, you need to come home. And I was like, I commuted for two years. I'm not going home. I'll never get back here. And I really believed in the comeback and I have a very romantic view about New York and, and being an entrepreneur in New York. And um, so we just stuck it out. And I think our our Aussie culture made it really easy, well, made it easier for us. We were sort of very relaxed about everything. And, um, and the what's next in Australia funded has funded me to be here so my core company is the reason that I could do it and I think if I'd sold that company I wouldn't have had the funds um to do what I've done and um it, you know it's a good company to get through any sort of um economic crisis because either businesses are booming and they need staff and they need help with that growth or the world's falling apart and they need to work out what to do with their people. And, and so we, we sort of can get through those rougher, rough times. But um, the two businesses in Australia thrived during that time. Everything fell apart here. But I knew it was just a matter of time. I knew I just needed to ride it out um, you know, deal with the fact that I felt like I was pouring all my money down the New York drain and my accountant in Australia was horrified by what I was doing. And um, and I was like, you know what, I started this business and I, I spent 10 years like working nonstop and raising my children so that I could, you know, have the freedom to live dream, live my dream. And this is it right now. And and I believe, I'd back myself, I believe that it would, you know, I'll, I'll get through it and, and you know, be successful. But um, it's it's been an incredible journey and I think that being able to look at what's next because there are times when I really hated the business and I was just over it and so many things had happened in the time that I'd had it and so much in my own life had changed and 
I, it, w- it took some time for me to sort of put a different lens on and look at it in a different way and see it. Here's a good example. I used to call my business my baby. I'm sure you've heard lots of people talk about, oh, my business is my baby. And I remember one day because in 2016 I nearly lost everything. I had a really tragic year and I was sitting at home and I was looking out at my car and I was thinking, you know what, I've always called my business my baby, but babies run your life. They tell you when you can sleep, when you can go out, they are in charge. And I thought, this isn't right. And I looked at my car out the window and I thought, no, this business has to be my vehicle. This is the this is the vehicle that's going to take me where I want to go. And I need to make sure it's healthy and running well and I can bring on passengers and, and get rid of passengers, but it's it's a vehicle for me. And when I changed, when I realised that, that changed everything for me. I looked m- much more strategically at my lifestyle business and what was possible for me. And I think that helped a lot. Yeah. It's such a, a fascinating story. So, to dramatically summarize, the way you got yourself out of being trapped in a lifestyle business is you got on a plane and flew to a strange place, brought your kids with you, and started over. Is that yeah. fair to say? Yeah. And do you advise that type of boldness to other members that might be trapped in a lifestyle business? And, and what gave you the courage to do it? Because it would have been easy just to coast. Yeah, I mean... I- it's interesting because at tough times when I've been here, I've thought, wow, I could go back to Australia and have all the money I need and not really have to work that much and um, go to the beach and I'd have a pretty nice life. Um, but I think most business, most people that start their own business or most entrepreneurs don't do it for the money. They do it for the challenge and that ability to see what's what's possible and what they can achieve. And I think that that's never ending. It doesn't matter um, how successful you become or what goals you hit, you always want to see what else you can do. So um, that the whole coasting was just, it didn't even, I didn't even consider that. It was only those few tough times when I burnt the dinner and I was really struggling and uh, that I was like, mm, I should probably, I could go back. But I think for people that are, I mean, my, my I know my story is very extreme and, and I think people have, And also, like, when I started this journey, I was, like, 42. So I was, like, in the middle of my age, like, my age, my kids are 15, 13 and 9. You know, most, there's, I had a lot of great reasons why not to do it. You know, the kids are in the middle of their school and, you know, I'm too old and all of those things. Um, But I think that I'm I'm a big believer that you should never settle in your life and that you should chase your dreams and you should not think about what society expects of you you shouldn't think about the t- like what how old you are and just go for it and back yourself and and as we say in australia have a crack and know that if it doesn't work out you'll be okay if, if you've been able to be an entrepreneur in any capacity my belief is that you'll be okay so when i started i had nothing and I'd never had anything growing up. Everything I'd built, I built myself on very shaky foundations. So I was like, well, if it doesn't work out or if I lose everything, then I just start again. And so there's this just belief that um, I'll, I'll work it out. But there's the worst possible thing that could happen is if I just settled and I knew that there was, I had so much more potential and I didn't do it because I was afraid. Yeah. And when I think about, you know, my kids and 
I remember thinking to myself, if I could only teach them one thing, what would it be? And it was to chase their dreams. It was like, just no matter how unlikely it is, no matter what someone says, just do it. Because even if you don't make it, the journey will be well worth it. And then I thought, I can't tell them to do something that I'm too afraid to do. I can't say, go and live my dreams because I was too gutless to do it. So I was like, I'm going to give my kids a front row seat in dream chasing and um, and have a go and, and we'll and we'll just go for it. And, and uh, the journey's been in- incredible. Yeah. Well, listen, I could talk to you about this forever. It's a, such a great story. And when we have the member q and I'm sure this will be an incredibly powerful thing. But we are uh, out of time. But, so listen, on behalf of the members, I just I want to thank you for contributing because I think you're an inspiration. I think sometimes people settle. And I think it's a real tragedy not to chase your dreams and to have the courage to do it, which you clearly have. So so thanks for inspiring all of us. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate the time. Yeah. Okay. And for those that are interested in topics like this, um, I encourage you to pick up a copy of our book. It's called The Boutique, How to Start, Scale, and Sell a Professional Services Firm. And for those that uh, might be interested in joining a community and meeting extraordinary people like Cell, consider joining our mastermind community, which you can find at collective54.com. Thanks again, Cell, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye.